When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Thanks for downloading the free and ad-supported version of Cubs Pod, which is actually three daily Cubs podcasts smashed into one episode. But Cubs Pod is actually a daily Cubs podcast, which is released every single day during the Cubs season on our Patreon page, completely ad-free at patreon.com slash sunranto. In fact, you'll get all Sunranto shows early and ad-free on our private premium RSS feed. Plus, you'll get access to our private Discord group where we host game watches and Cubs fan chats with the Super Ranters. Join us for as little as $1 at patreon.com slash sunranto. Please support independent Cubs media like us, and subscribe at patreon.com slash sunranto. We can't do it without you. Thank you. And enjoy this version that is ad-supported of Cubs Pod. Hello, it is April 8th, 2023, and this is Cubs Pod, your daily dose of Cubs content brought to you by Bleacher Bunch Productions and the Fans First Network. I'm your host, Michael Cotton. 69 is always better with two people, and today we got that with Marcus Stroman's 69th career victory coming at the same time as Nathan Eovaldi's 69th career loss. You couldn't have asked for a nicer day for the Cubs to take on the Rangers at Wrigley Field. Stroman got into an awkward position in the first inning before getting his head on straight and stranding two in the first. He cruised through the next four innings, but he looked like he was going to blow it in the sixth. But Stroman was able to hold off any runs and left feeling good with a one-run lead. Eovaldi was giving as good as he got, until the fourth inning when the Cubs had a little too much wood and he coughed up a run when Cody Bellinger forced a ball through the right side to bring Dansby in for a run. In the sixth, the Cubs started to pound Eovaldi and were able to come home again before he was replaced. With a two-run lead, Al Leiter Jr. mounted the mound and kept the Rangers scoreless with some good pitching and a web gem when he snagged a comebacker for the last out of the inning. 
Fulmer entered in the eighth and finished the game with six outs and a save. Fulmer was embarrassing Rangers with a deceptive mix of cutters, sweepers, sinkers, four-seamers, and even a few change-ups, just to change it up a bit. I have to say, I was really impressed by his two innings. I was also impressed by Hosmer's sweeping pickup of an errant Dansby throw to pick up the 26 out of the game. Swanson had delivered an error over to first that Hosmer picked up like a goat damn matador swinging a cape off to his side. I have given Hosmer some grief up to now, but that was a really nice play. I have to admit, he's doing better than I thought he would. So Cubs fly the dub, and the Rangers had plenty of time to get ready for a night on the town in Chicago, because this game was over by 3.45. Cubs climb back to 500 with the win. The Rangers return to Wrigley today at 3.05, because there's nothing better than making right fielders try and catch baseballs that they cannot see. Martin Perez will attempt to corral the Cubs. Only five players on the Cubs have seen Perez, and only Mancini has seen him a lot. In 21 at-bats, Mancini is hitting 333 against him, but no homers. I assume that that means Mancini will probably be the DH in this game. On the Cubs' side, Justin Steele will face down the lawmen. Only Robbie Grossman has faced Steele, and that was a single at-bat, so there's no real knowledge for Texas to draw from. If you don't have tickets to this game, don't worry, because there are plenty still left out there to buy. I suggest going to sunranto.com and clicking on our ticket link, where you can buy cheap tickets through Vivid Seats or StubHub. When you click on the links to our sites, it helps pay for our tickets and beer. It's the least you can do, and because the seats are so cheap, it's literally the least we could get, but every penny counts, I guess. Uh, if you're into free stuff that you sort of paid for, the Cubs are giving away 10,000 winter hats today. These are actually pretty nice looking hats. It's a navy blue with two thin red stripes above and below a wide royal blue stripe. On the top of the hat is a navy and royal blue puffball, and it has a City Connect style Y patch circled by the words Chicago Cubs. You probably won't need this in the bleachers today, but if you're in the grandstands under the cover, you really might need it. And since the Cubs are only drawing about 30,000 people per game, you have a 33% chance overall of getting one of these hats. But the probability of you getting a hat decreases the later you are to Wrigley Field because it is first come, first serve. That reminds me. Head on over to the Sunranto Discord if you want to chat about the game with other people who do not suck. Full access to Discord is only for Super Ranchers, but the shank list is now open to everyone for each game. So even if you refuse to send even one single dollar to us, we will still allow you to hang out during the games because we are awesome. Well, that's going to be it for me. Until next time, keep rounding those bases. And I'm out at home. 
Spagog. All over Chicagoland, there are thirsty, frazzled, overworked Cubs podcasters who are struggling to survive one more baseball season in the dog-eat-dog -dog world of unpaid content creation. But it doesn't have to be this way. You can make a difference. Become a super ranter at patreon.com slash sunranto, where your support ensures that poor, sad, pathetic, ugly, loser Cubs podcasters can pay for tickets and beer, and in turn, line the pockets of the baseball agarch Ricketts family. Just $1 a month can buy a scorecard. $5 a month can pay for guitar strings to write a Cubs song. And $10 a month almost buys one beer at Wrigley Field. Cubs content creators are the lowest pieces of pond scum garbage that slither over the face of this planet. But super ranters help them get drunk and screw off at baseball games. What do you get out of it? The Sun Ranto Show delivered to your podcatcher without stupid advertisements like the one you're seeing and hearing right now. Plus, at other Super Ranter levels, you can get Cubs music, access to private Sun Ranto pages, the Ranter calendar, and special thanks and Ranter recognition in our live broadcasts. Plus, eligibility for monthly prizes. What does Sun Ranto get out of it? Your money. For tickets and beer. Go to patreon.com slash sunranto, that's patreon.com slash sunranto, and become a super ranter today. Hello and welcome to Cubs Pod, a Bleacher Bunch production on the Fans First Network. It's your daily dose of digestible Cubs content. I'm your host, Danny Rocket, and I'm here to tell you what's happening right now in the world of the Chicago Cubs on Easter Sunday, April 9th, 2000. And 23. Well, yesterday, under uh, sunny skies, the Cubs beat the Rangers 10 to 3 and improved to 4 and 3. It was their uh, best offensive performance of the year, and pounding out 14 hits for Ernie Banks, of course. Uh, some of that, some of that scoring was helped by some really terrible Rangers defense. They had five errors in the game, only seven of the Cubs' ten runs were earned, and also the umpiring was bad, but that was probably for both teams. I didn't see the ump scorecard yet. Um, I looked it up, but it wasn't out yet for today's game, but uh, Charlie Ramos uh, may be a name that we're going to start to learn, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Um, yeah, Cubs were firing on all cylinders, uh, just everybody was hitting, well, not everybody, but... Quite a few of the players in the lineup, the Cubs lineup, were hitting. Three-hit game for Mancini, um, who I kind of complained on Twitter during this game that he was not and did not end up on second base. He didn't run out a fly ball that probably should have been caught. And uh, by the center fielder, had to lay out or maybe called it too early. It should have been the right fielder's ball. I don't know. They were talking about it on the radio. But either way, he should have been standing on second base and not first base. No harm, no foul in the end because he ended up scoring anyhow. Uh, but still, it's like you got to run those out, be on second base, be a heads-up player. Um, I was like, hey, I should bench him. But then, you know, he just kept hitting and knocking in runs. So I was like, eh, it's fine. It's I forgive you, Trey. Um, but he did raise his average. He needed a day like this where he 
got three hits because he just raised his average to 259 from 182. That's the kind of thing that happens this time of year, you know. Um, Two hits from Nico, who stole his third base of the year. Two hits from Swanson, who scored from first on a Hap single. Um, It was... was, This is more Rangers defense BS because they looked absolutely terrible. It was a lackadaisical play. Hap hit a single with the bases loaded. It was going to knock in two, send Dansby to third. But the center fielder kind of just lobbed it in to whoever was standing on second base there. And uh, he dropped the ball. And Dansby, who was watching the entire play, probably hovering off of third base, took advantage of that moment and uh, sprinted for home, made it sliding in, pumping his fist like, man, it was incredible. And, um, you know, it was just really pumped up. And so that's great to see. Uh, Big fans be of Dansby so far. And, um, you know, I guess we were all wrong about him in spring training. I mean, it's funny because, um, you know, when I complained about Dansby Swanson in spring training, I I wasn't really being serious. I mean, I knew that he was probably not going to hit zero you know, but it's funny to see all the bloggers on Twitter saying, see, we told you he was going to be fine. And it's like, yeah, we, nobody really thought that he was going to hit zero, dude. Like quit being so high and mighty about being, well, thinking what we all thought, but we're just joking about when he hit zero. I mean, anyway, uh, Dansby Swanson, uh, the defense has been there. The hitting has been there. The I mean, you couldn't ask for anything more so far. It was great to see. And I hope people remember this when he goes through a rough period during this year because it'll happen because it always happens. And hope at least the fact that it started so well makes people think he's good even when he's not. You know what I mean? Because sometimes a guy will be bad like, you know, Nick Badrigal. Like, we, we just got off on the wrong foot with Nick Badrigal. Uh, but, you know, he's hitting 300 this year. So, like... I got no problems with it, except for, I don't know, maybe just the way they use him. Anyhow, enough about Nick. We'll talk about Nick Badrickle in a little bit. Um, but uh, Wisdom homered in this game. Uh, oh, one, You know, one more thing about Dansby Swanson. I don't know if he knew this or found out this out during the game, but uh, his wife Mallory hurt her left knee in a terrible injury right before, I guess, the Women's World Cup is coming up. And, uh, yeah, that's really sad. I I don't know. I doubt he, uh, maybe he didn't hear about it during the game. I know that they're probably just focused, but I don't know if they go, you know, back in the dressing room and, or the locker room and, uh, look at their phones or I'm sure some do, but anyhow, just terrible news. Hopefully that doesn't, uh, you know, put a damper on his mood and spoil what's been a great first week of baseball with Dansby Swanson. Um, so, uh, wisdom continued the power, had his third homer of the year. Uh, Madrigal, uh, he had a, he had two hits in this game. Oh, wisdom had two hits, one of them, which was the homer. And then Madrigal had two hits too. One of which was a hustle double. He's now, as I said, batting 300 and, uh, Gomes, Jan Gomes homered his second hit of the year now batting 118, but one of them was a homer. So we'll take it. Gomer the homer. Uh, Bellinger, on the sad side of things, Bellinger was 0 for 4, but he also stole a base to reaching on an error. And uh, Torrens was our DH for some reason and went 0 for 2 with a strikeout while batting 6th inexplicably. I mean, 
You know, you're catching, you got the third catcher on the team. He's only caught one inning so far. I know it's only seven games, but still, it's like, why do you have a third catcher? Okay, because of his bat. And, you know, the only outlier I can see is in 2021, he, he hit 15 home runs and had a 730 OPS. So, like, he showed quite a bit of pop that year. That was the year he played the most. Um, he had 378 plate appearances for Seattle. But, um, you know, lifetime, he's a 225 hitter with the 288 OBP. Now, that is not, to me, a bat first catcher. <laughs> Call me crazy. But uh, not when Wilson Contreras is, exists. You know, that's a bat first catcher. So, uh, yeah, I don't know why he's the DH. And then they took him out anyway, and uh, they put in uh, Hosmer, who got a hit in our RBI. And then um, pitching-wise, I mean, that actually should be more of the story, but when there's so much terrible defense uh, on the Rangers' part, so much scoring and so much hitting, uh, Justin Steele just quietly did an awesome job. Six innings pitched, one run on four hits, uh, four walks. That's the only thing you kind of like, eh. But as I said, the umpiring was bad. Um, only three strikeouts, and now has a .75 ERA on the season. Uh, 96 pitches, so that's good to see. He was stretched out, but uh, then Keegan Thompson came out. Wasn't great. Two walks, but, you know, umpiring. Uh, he now has a 169 ERA. Uh, gave up a run. Boxberger, he came in, one inning pitch, no Ks, but 14 pitches for Ernie. And uh, then Rucker came in when it was garbage time of the ninth, gave up two hits and a run. But, you know, the Cubs, they were up. So 10 to, 10 to 3, so Rucker's just like putting it in there. You know what I mean? So, yeah, hell of a game. Uh, I saw that in the game recap from Al Yellen at Bleed Cubby Blue, there were 30% more pitches in this game, 333 total. And uh, normally there's 250. That's the average anyway, a nine-inning nine game. And, you know, there were uh, – he points out that there was a lot of scoring, two mid-inning pitching changes – and the game was finished in under three hours at 2.55. And, you know, it's hard to say what how long that would have been last year because, you know, that would have just, who knows what how people are reacting and, you know, is there more stepping out because there's people on base or I don't know. But, yeah, it probably would have lasted over three hours. And it's it's funny because in a game like this when you got a lot of walks and shenanigans and stuff, that is when you're kind of like, oh, yeah, the pitch clock is great. It's when the game is actually really good and tight and, you know, some of the most exciting games. I mean, it's like that game on Friday. It was two to nothing and the game took just over two hours. And uh, so th this is the kind of game that you're like, yeah, pitch clock. But the other one, it's just too fast. So it's like, you know, it, the pitch clock don't care. It's just going to do to the game whatever it does to the game. So if you have like a sprawling game like this one with a lot of runs scored, it will keep it under three hours. That's kind of great. A lot of action, lots to do. The other game, you blink and it's over. So I don't know. Everybody has their opinions on it. What's annoying to me is that everybody who loves the pitch clock just keeps telling everybody how much they have to love the pitch clock no matter what you point out about things you consider negative about it. Because, you know, you take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you got the pitch clock. So, uh, today. Today, Easter Sunday. It's going to be beautiful out there. The weather is going to be in the mid-60s. And, um, yeah, it's it'll be a nice day to be out there in the bleachers. 
she hasn't been in the bleachers for a while. I almost considered like selling my bleacher tickets and sitting in the bowl, but I I don't feel like freezing. And it's just cold everywhere. Maybe if I get a 100-level ticket in the corner, I'll take it. Something like that will leave early. Oh, we might not have to. The game might be only an hour and a half. So, oh uh, yeah, John Gray, he's going out there. Former Rocky, 6.1 innings pitched against the Orioles as they did a bullpen game. Uh, gave up two runs on four hits, 7K, so he pitched quite well and into the seventh, but they lost the game two to nothing. So hopefully something like that happens to him again. And uh, even if he pitches well, that we beat him. So let me give you some numbers for the Cubs on John Gray here. Well, Cody Bellinger pretty much rakes, and he's going to need to do that. He's batting under 200. He hasn't really done much since he's become a Cub. And um, he's 11 for 23 against him with five doubles. And one triple, so that's a 1.338 OPS. Just rakes against John Gray. You saw him a lot when he was with the Dodgers. Eric Cosmer, seen him a lot, but has a lot more boring stats. You know, batting 276, 344 OBP. I mean, it's respectable, absolutely. But nobody's homered off of him. And if there's anybody that doesn't do well off of John Gray, it's Tucker Barnhart. He's only two for 13. And... um not a lot of other guys have seen him. A whole heck of a lot, so really not much to see there. Uh, Jamison Tyone did not do very well when he was out there the last time he pitched, which was on another beautiful Sunday at Wrigley Field, and it didn't go well. Hopefully this time it's better. He gave up three runs on seven hits with only four innings pitched against Milwaukee. Not a great debut for Jamison. And taking a look at his for and against, uh, Corey Seager and Marcus Semyon have seen him the most. They're the only ones with any kind of uh, meaningful at-bats. And Semyon is only 2 for 11 against him, but they are home runs. (laughs) So not great. So this is one of those situations with a batting average of 182 and 11 plate appearances, but an OPS of 909. (laughs) They were both solo shots, so don't worry, everybody. Uh, Corey Seager does quite well. Uh, four for nine. Two of those were doubles. Four forty-four average OPS over one point. Actually, it's one point one 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 one. Interesting. Adolis Garcia. Now it just gets down to five at bats, but he has a home run off of him, and he's two for two for four with uh, well, just one strikeout. Anyway, the they do well against him. It's not good to see uh, three home runs and fifty-one at bats. I guess that's quite a bit. I mean, eight here's one of those things. 843 OPS, batting average of 255. This is overall the entire Rangers team. So I'm a little worried about today. John Gray's a good pitcher. Jamison Tyone, I guess, eats innings. We haven't seen it so far. I really want him to have a nice start today uh, because I'm going with my mom and the weather's so beautiful. But, you know, I hate to say it, but we've already won the first two. I don't know if Rossi's going to put out like one of those getaway lineups, live to play another day, already won the series, but I hate that crap. Just step on a neck when you can step on a neck. The Rangers look like garbage. They've committed five errors. Their defense looks stupid. And, um, you know, come on, let's just sweep these idiots on Easter. And uh, that's all I ask for. I only ask for a Cubs win when I go with my mom. Is that so much to ask? Um, Anyhow, 
Happy Easter, everybody. Uh, Cotton's going to have the recap of this game that I just described the preview of, and also a Mariners preview for you uh, tomorrow morning and let you know what's going to happen in the next series. In the meantime, I hope you all have a absolutely wonderful Easter Sunday. If you celebrate, or even if you don't celebrate, I don't celebrate Easter, but, you know, I'm going to the ball game. It's not religion enough for me. So, uh, spagog, y'all, and uh, have a wonderful day. Hey, Cubs fans, at Amazon.com do you buy lots of stuff? Why not support the Sunranto Show by shopping through Sunranto.com slash stuff? All you gotta do is fill your cart at Amazon with lots of stuff. Then before you check out with all of that wonderful stuff, head on over to Sunranto.com slash and click any of our Amazon links before you buy your Check out like you normally would with all that beautiful stuff. And the Sunranto show will get a small kickback because of the stuff you bought. And you'll be helping the Sunranto show buy all the stuff. We need to stay on the air talking about the Cubs and other stuff. Plus, you could win a monthly prize if some of your stuff. is chosen for Amazon. If you win, we'll send you more stuff. Sunranto.com slash That address again is sunranto.com slash Hello and welcome to Cubs Pod, a Bleacher Bunch production on the Fans First Network. It's your daily dose of digestible Cubs content. I'm your host, Danny Rocket, and I'm here to tell you what's happening right now in the world of the Chicago Cubs on April 10th, 2023. Well, yesterday, the Cubs, they dropped the finale of the series to the Texas Rangers. 8-2 to two on Easter Sunday in front of my mother. Can you believe the nerve? She goes to her first game of the year. She hasn't been in the bleachers in years. And I drag her out there on a beautiful spring day on Easter Sunday. And the Cubs disappoint. Uh, I see a lot of people saying Tyone was good in this game. I suppose it wasn't terrible what Jamison Tyone did. Um because, I mean, the numbers, if you look at it, it's you're like, oh, that's a decent line. You know, three earned runs, five innings pitched. You want it to be more. It's supposed to be an innings eater. The six hits, that's a, it's a little high. It's going to drive your whip up. But seven strikeouts in five innings, you know, you're going to take that and you're going to be like, you know, it's a mixed bag, only one walk. And that's all fine and good. But after what he did last beautiful spring Sunday afternoon in the bleachers, which was one week ago, uh, Jamison Tyone is no longer to pitch on beautiful Sunday afternoons. That's just the new rule. I'm going to call call Grandpa Lossie and tell him. 
So in this one, the second inning kind of got out of hand. There were a couple singles and then a ground rule double. And then there was this uh, fielder's choice. Um, Bubba Thompson hit the ball to Nick Madrigal, made him look like an idiot because uh, there was a runner on third base and Madrigal went to tag him, but he's too short. You can't reach the runner. So the runner at third, as he scrambles back, was safe. Then Madrigal, who's not used to playing third base, sailed the ball over Hosmer's head and um, no, two runs scored. So then, uh, right after that, I mean, almost immediately after that, Trey Mancini, who's playing right field, dives for a ball that, I mean, it really looked like a catchable baseball. And this is this now happened a couple times out there in right field since Seiya Suzuki's been on the shelf. I mean, we'll get into this on the show, why Velasquez didn't come up. But we this is just like a recurring theme about how the Cubs just don't have the right players on the team right now. And they have the players. So you could be like, well, Velasquez... He knows how to play right field. He did it a lot last year. Why He's an outfielder. Mancini's not. He just looked like crap. He dove for this ball that I think most right fielders would catch. Hayward definitely catches this baseball. It's weird to see a right fielder not make plays because Cubs have had so many great right fielders in their time. Um, anyway, falls for a double. All of a sudden, it's 4 to nothing, and uh, we're off to the races. But the Cubs cut the lead in half in the bottom of the inning when Bellinger walked and Rios homered. And that was right after I told my mom that this Rios guy has some pop and it made me look like a genius. But, uh, you know, I did a lot of that today because she hadn't seen this current iteration of the, the team. And I'm, and she might never see it again. I mean, as uh, I think this for a lot of these players. It's kind of like a one-off deal. That's a bunch of prove-it dudes, some veteran guys, little roster footsie, and she might never see this lineup again, which is fine with me because it was disappointing. Um, Yeah, so anyway, Rios does have some pop, and he hit the ball really far, and it was a home run. And uh, we are now only losing by two runs, four to two. Uh, my mom was hungry, so we went and got some hot dogs. And uh, while that was happening, as I waited to put condiments on my hot dog at the condiment station, uh, Tyone gave up another run. And that was a Bubba Thompson double, which uh, scored Jankowski, who always seems to do well against the Cubs. So, um, yeah, a word about that hot dog situation. You know, they, they call it a Chicago dog. They have it up there. It is $10. And it's a Chicago dog, but all they do is give you a hot dog on a bun. You have to make it a Chicago dog yourself. Like for $10, you should be uh, putting the pickle and the sport peppers on because a lot of, you know, tourists, they don't, they want what a Chicago dog is, which they're assuming you're going to give them the Chicago dog all done up as a Chicago dog. Unless you didn't like one of the condiments, you could be like, no tomatoes, that kind of thing. So it's a little, I think, misleading. Another thing that was kind of funny is um, I'm standing in line. And there's this woman in front of me, and I see that like she's number 27 or something like that. And I look at mine, and I'm like, well, I'm number 27. So I look at the lady, and I was behind the counter, and I said, hey, uh, we're both number 27. Uh, and she's like, yeah, that's been happening a lot. I'm like, well, that seems rather confusing. 
Uh, number 27, yeah, man, it's me. I could, I mean, man, if it was a better order than mine, I might just take it. You know what I mean? Oh, I got four beers and, you know, three sausages and a burger. That's that's my kind of number 27. I got the tag to prove it. So um, what else happened in this game? Well, Assad came in eventually and had a rough first inning of work. He did work three innings, um, but he gave three up three runs on four hits, and they were slapping him around as soon as he got out there. It was all in the sixth inning. He had three strikeouts in uh, the game, but they were hitting the ball all over the place. And I thought to myself, I'm like, you know, you make this starter a reliever. And and I know he was relieving in the World Baseball Classic, but last year he was a starter on this team, and he is a starter, and I wonder why they'd screw with him this way. You know, I know, I mean, maybe they need the arm. I, I mean, you know, they obviously need the arm. Um, but, and to take those three innings um, after, I mean, it sucks to have Assad piggybacking with Tyone, who's supposed to be the innings eater. Because now you got Smiley going out there tomorrow, and that's probably who Assad should be piggybacking with. You know, you go lefty, righty, but instead, you know, you got a couple righties out there. And uh, anyway, it was just... It's all seemed backwards to me, even the the lineup, and I'll talk about that in a second. But Merriweather came out at the end, gave up some hard contact, but left unscathed, and uh, Cubs lost eight two. Game lasted uh, two hours and thirty one minutes. It was kind of empty in there at first, and it filled in, especially in the in the bleachers, because it was you know, just a beautiful day out there. The sun was shining. The wind was blowing out, and it's a shame that the Cubs couldn't get uh, some more balls up in the air, because I, I thought they might be flying out, you know. But uh, the they weren't for the Rangers either. You know, it's not – I mean, they were they were pounding the ball around. The Rangers ended up with, with 10 hits, but uh, they didn't hit any home runs. So we did that at least. Um, well, Rios did. Not we. A lot of beer bats out there. And uh, my mom said, uh, hey, how much are those? And I said, like, maybe she was going to buy me one, right? And I was like, oh, they're 30 bucks. And she was shocked. She goes, well, how much do those hold? I'm like, I don't know, it's like two beers, something like that. She's like, I don't think that's two beers. She goes, look how thin it is. And I was like, man, see, this is where I get it from. This is why... I'm a cheap bastard. Is my my mom's looking at that thing? It's like, you know, it's like when they ask you, do you want a bowl or a cup of soup? And uh, you know, everybody knows that they put the the make the bowl look bigger, but you don't really get any more soup. Maybe a little bit, but sometimes you can see those uh, like exposés, and they'll pour the cup of soup that costs two dollars less into the bowl, and it's the same amount of soup. Sometimes even less. Anyhow, beer bats are a scam unless. Uh, I don't know. What we need to do is some jousting with them. Then I could see uh, at least you're doing one more thing with the beer bat because you can't even put that thing down. You know, like it's a pointless beer. You just have to hold it till you're done. Um, anyhow. So the Cubs got the Mariners next. Um and they are four and six right now after losing to Cleveland today. That game went twelve innings, and they used seven relievers. So I think that's a feather in our cap right there. And uh, but they did one one win. Blah. They did win two of three in that series, but they lost both series before to Cleveland, who they opened up with, and the Angels, uh, who they played right after that, and 
overall, they've scored one more run than allowed. Now, this is kind of crazy to me. So the Mariners in Cleveland, they only play each other, well, once home, once away. They're now done with each other. Completely done. So that's we're doing that with the Dodgers as well this month. So it's just weird. The schedule stinks. So offensively, uh, the Cubs have an average OPS. The Mariners have the sixth worst. The Cubs have the fifth best batting average at 281. This was all from this morning uh, before the game. And, and the Mariners have the ninth worst batting average at 239. And neither the Cubs or the Mariners are hitting home runs. Mariners have the sixth fewest home runs. Cubs have the fifth fewest home runs. Um, and as but the good news is, and you remember for years, the Cubs would be uh, way up top of the strikeout list. And right now they've got the fourth fewest Ks, while the, while the Mariners have the 11th most. The Mariners uh, are 7th in stolen bases, while the Cubs are 10th. And as of this morning, the Cubs had scored three more runs than the Mariners, but now that is not true because the Cubs scored two today and the Mariners scored six. So now the Mariners have scored more runs than the Cubs. Let's talk about their relief pitching. They have a 268 earned run average. That's sixth best amongst relievers in ERA. Cubs have a 474 towards the bottom third. Mariners, seventh most Ks. The Cubs have the eighth most. This is all out of the pen. Mariners have the second most walks. Cubs are average in that category. And Cubs relief has only given up one home run. Mariners, only two. Both are top 10 in that category. And uh, Boston relievers, now this may have changed today. Boston relievers have yet to give up a home run. Defensively, uh, the Cubs' Durr, 687, slightly below average, which is kind of surprising considering all the talk has been of the improved defense. But if you recall how horrible the defense was the year before, well, I guess you could say the defense is vastly improved. It certainly makes a difference having Dansby Swanson out there and a real first baseman sometimes. Um, the Mariners, defensively, their dur is uh, 701, slightly above average. That's defensive efficiency ratio for those of you who aren't familiar with that stat. And uh, it just means how many outs you get on average. Um, uh, like, what balls in play that aren't home runs are turned into outs? I think that's the way I could put it. The Cubs have uh, three errors. Oh, actually, that changed today. Now they have uh, five errors. They were kicking it around. I was talking about the the unfortunate uh, Nick Madrigal play where he's too short to catch um, or to tag somebody. And um, the Mariners have five errors. Uh, you know, they're doing pretty well in that category. And um, the Cubs have only allowed one stolen base. And they've caught uh, one as well. So that's a 50% rate. They're not running on our catchers quite yet. And the Mariners have allowed eight stolen bases and only caught one. I would imagine that changed today too because Cleveland likes to run. So um, let's talk about some rakers, flakers, throwers, and blowers on the Mariners. Ty France, their first baseman, is batting 346. Five of his 14 hits are doubles and one is a homer. 
and he's striking out less than 10% of the time. What I've never even heard of a player doing that. Unsustainable. That's fine. But uh, these are early season stats. Flaker, Colton Wong. Whoo, two for 27. That adds up to a 286 OPS because they're both singles. Uh, thrower and blower. Now, these are only bullpen guys. So, um, it, now this is kind of strange. So, they've got... They've got a pretty decent bullpen right now. It's been better than ours. And they've got one, two, three, four, five uh, relievers who don't have an ERA yet. Four that have over at least a few innings pitched. And uh, so this is kind of interesting. They've got a guy named Gabe Spear. He's my thrower. He's only uh, he's pitched in four games. 4.1 innings pitched, only given up one hit, held opponents to a .071 batting average. He's got a .46 whip. Five strikeouts, I mean, he's been pretty lights out, this Gabe Spear. So he's my thrower. Now here's my blower. He also has a zero ERA. <laughs> I know. How do you pick a blower with a zero ERA? And trust me. There are other guys, uh, you know, that I could pick because they, they just got some weird arms. Like out of the pen, like look at this guy, Matt Brash, five oh six ERA, but he has eleven strikeouts in five point one innings. That's Tyone esque. Like, hey, seven strikeouts, yeah, but it wasn't good. It, it didn't work. Um, uh, they have a guy named Matt Festa. Now he should probably be the blower, three point one innings, or he already has a ten point eighty ERA. But that's not who I picked for my blower. I went with a guy who has a zero point zero zero ERA, named Penn Murphy. And here's why I picked him: pitched in seven games, five innings pitched. He's only given up one hit. Opponents only hitting point oh six three off of him. But his five walks have led to three runs, all unearned. And because of that, he has already taken two losses on this young season. And one win. So he got one win and two losses. Three decisions for a reliever a week into the season. I mean, that's just some weird numbers. So I'm thinking this Penn Murphy character is just bad luck. Just, he's got the worst luck of really anybody I've ever heard of. So, to, to take two losses and have no earned runs, it's weird. You blow. So, uh, the game. The game. Monday night game, 6.40 p.m. Uh, Luis Castillo, we remember him. Seen him a lot. He's 1-0. He hasn't given up a run yet. He's going up against uh, Drew Smiley, who has given up many runs. And... Uh, He's got 1150 ERA. Uh, Luis Castillo in 11.2 innings pitched in games against Cleveland and Los Angeles Angels. Uh, they He has only given up three hits. Three hits. That's it. And the Cubs against him, I got some good news. Ian Happ, eight for 25, three doubles, one home run. That's a 320 batting average. Looking up to a 953 OPS. But I got even better news. Eric Hosmer, 10 for 16 with a dog. Only one strikeout. It's, I mean, the guy's on fire. 1.460 OPS. Uh, Bellinger's no good. Swanson's average. Wisdom's no good, but he does have a home run. 
Uh, overall, the Cubs are batting 313 against Luis Castillo and have an 839 OPS. So I know Luis Castillo has had two great outings. Everything I've said so far about the three hits, it sounds real impressive, but I think the Cubs can do this. That's all I'm saying. Drew Smiley. Well, it didn't go well for him in Cincinnati when he went out there. Uh, in his first game, gave up six runs, seven of, or no, well, yeah, six were earned, seven runs total, nine hits, nine hits, and one home run. Cubs lost the game seven to six. It was heartbreaking. I believe that's the game in which Patrick Wisdom bunted with the with runners on. Oh, it's crazy. Um, so, uh, yeah, against Drew Smiley, not much to look at. Nobody has more than six at-bats. Tommy Listella is two for four. Nobody's homered. Just not much to look at here. So, um, yeah, there, there it is. There's, there's your matchup. Uh, the weather's supposed to be quite beautiful tomorrow night. It's staying here in the 60s, although it'll probably get a little chilly at night. You know how it goes. And it should be nice, actually, all week. Uh, here in Chicago, it's uh, 66 degrees down to a low 49 tomorrow, and then it warmer it, up to 72 the next two days after that. So there's your Cubs spot. I said before that I was going to say something about this lineup, and I think I kind of just did in a way in between the lines uh, with kind of what I was already talking about with like Nick Madrigal being out there and not having a right fielder that plays right fields and having that lead to early runs. And, you know, thus the game got out of hand early and it was mostly because of some shoddy defense. Um, you know, it's, it's really not only that Patrick wisdom did make an appearance in this game when he pinch hit for Hosmer and he struck out twice. It wasn't great, but then he should have started the game and I don't, and I understand you're trying to get as many lefties out there, but when you have Nick Madrigal, you got the wind blowing out. You had Wisdom hit a home run on on Saturday. He's hot. He's been hot. Been real good. And it, to to bench a guy after that, and then you throw Nick Madrigal. I mean, I don't know how it goes down if Patrick Wisdom's in the starting lineup, but you know, Madrigal's a righty too. There was no reason for him to be out there. This guy, Nick Madrigal, should should be a utility player and out there when the matchups are good i mean and this you wouldn't even have known because uh against gray magical had no at bats well now he does and he has now has a strikeout against him so and a hit i think he got a hit today so i'm not going to come up for him too bad and you know i think magical has like you know worth as like a one tool player when you know coming off the bench that's it like i don't care that he was drafted first or fourth overall or wherever the hell like and wisdom was like you know kind of a 4a guy out of a few different teams he should have been out there today and not i mean he should have been in right field maybe at least wisdom's played some right i mean i just don't understand what he was doing i mean i know this some of these decisions might be coming down from on high but Man, oh man, is this getting a little bit frustrating seeing some of these lineups. It was very Madden-esque and I don't know. I eh, we'll, we'll talk about it on the regular show, which will be Wednesday night. So uh, 
Keep listening to Cubs Pod. Tell your friends about it. And um, tune in on Wednesday night, and we will complain about this roster construction and this lineup construction. And um, well, hopefully we don't complain because they just swept the Mariners. And I won't complain too much because the Cubs just beat a pretty good Rangers team 2-3. a three. But they did lose in front of my mother, and I'm disappointed. Anyway, I've gone on too long. I'm getting out of here. This has been Cubs Pod. Michael Cotton will get you tomorrow. Spagog. <laughs>